Welcome to another episode of For the Culture Podcast, Soccer Podcast, For Us, By Us. Got your boy Ringo here, Gregor here, Coach Tony is on another adventure. Maybe we'll be able to tell y'all about that when he gets back stateside, you know, culture is international. So we brought in some nearest and dearest friends of ours. We got, you know, Reggie, the capo. Back again. We back. Guaguan. Be back, and we got El Presidente of the Footy Mob. Hello. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Curtis, Curtis, Kurt McGirt, Kurt. Take your girl. Hashtag. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How you guys doing, man? Good. This, this palatial estates that you live in. Yeah, I mean, you, you know. And thank, thank, thank you too to your servant. Mm-mm. You know he showed me how to get around. Mm-mm. You know to the other side of the listen, house. Listen, I my, my, that. my white butler, he's very well mannered, <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he knows that you guys are good. If you guys need anything, you guys need Kool Aid chicken, he'll get it. All right. I've never gotten valet service at somebody's house before. So that was nice. <laughs> hey, listen, don't believe the hype, guys. That was a modest home outside of Atlanta. It's nothing special out here. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, Alpharetta is outside of the <laughs> oh Man, um, I, I hate to start the show off, off, off on this note, man, but we, we, we had a, some tough days here in the culture uh, over the weekend, and I got I got to hit up on, 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 on that real quick. Uh, of course, we're recording this on, on Tuesday, and uh, Sunday, um, uh, we were watching... Uh, the MLS games on on uh, on Sunday on TV, mind you, the game was actually in LA. Uh, they had a LA uh, Galaxy in, in Portland Timbers. Yep. And that's in Carson over in South in South LA. We uh, we lost uh, Nip- Nipsey Hustle, and uh, you know, a lot, lot of stuff's been coming out uh, the past couple of days. Uh, lot of noise in, in, in a lot of ways but I just wanted to just kind of keep things in perspective and you know just focus on you know the type of man that you know uh, that Nipsey was uh, you know I've never really been the biggest uh, West Coast, Coast rap guy but just you know even outside the music just you know how much he was you know contributing to the neighborhood that he grew up in and you know and we always talk about how uh, people always try to criticize rappers as far as like putting mo- not putting money back into into their communities, and I'm like, this dude was doing that, you know, you know he he had a ch- you know restaurants, stores, hiring people from 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 his neighborhood, and and have plans for even even more stuff, you know, within the city, and you know, for one, for to get popped in broad daylight, you know, in your neighborhood, I'm like, that's just. It's 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 really really sad, man. Like, you, what 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 you got, Ringo? I mean, like like you hit on it, man. You make so many strides for you know. You try to do the right thing, you know, especially when you start making money and giving back to the community. Because you know, you remember when you were a kid in these communities. It's just unfortunately a lot of people, man. They uh, that's why a lot of people say, man, when you make money, get out of your neighborhood. Like, go visit and go back and just come, you know, because you're gonna always have people hating on you. That want what you want, and they're willing to take your life for that. 
Like they caught allegedly, they caught the guy today. Mm-hmm. So um, it's good, you know. It's good that they caught somebody that the um, you know the LAPD kind of went behind it and got this case resolved really quickly. But it's just sad, man. He was thirty four years old. I mean, yeah, yeah. And that's another thing too. It's like, you know, we're all you know old enough now. You know, of course, shit. It's been twenty some years since Tupac and Biggie got got shot. Of course, we were all still you know relatively kids now. Like now, y'all were kids. <laughs> I was grown, grown. Yeah, I mean. I, I will put age out, age out there pepper. But uh, <laughs> but you know, it's 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 one of those things like when you see when you see guys that are that are young, that are still young and, and, and getting shot, you know, like that's you know, it, it, it hits you a little bit differently because like I said, like you're talking about guys that are that are that are our age and younger and it's like, dude, like you you obviously especially in his case he had a lot to that he was already contributing and had even more to contribute, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know it's when when I when I heard about it on Sunday, of course I was like, "What in the world?" Like, you know, like said, that that's his hood. That's you know, that's it's it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, Richard R. Wright says, "Man, we just got to continue to rise, man. Like, tell them we're rising. People are always gonna hate on you. You need to continue doing good in your community because if you're not doing good in your community, no one else is gonna help out, man. So." Rest in peace, Nips, man. Sorry for the loss of his children, his wife. You know, it's dark times right now in the hip hop community. Yeah, but we gonna try to try to up, uplift y'all, man. We got we got some things to talk talk about this week. Um, you know, we've uh, we we made it through the monsoon on on <laughs> on Sunday. Well, not not quite one piece, but you know that that's a whole different thing. Uh, but talk about Brad Friedel, uh, like he made some uh, some mighty spicy comments uh, uh, on Friday regarding the the mythical pro- promotion of allegation. Uh, we got an interview with Jamisa Johnson of Church of the Wild. We uh, had a chance to talk talk to her uh, back to the weekend before last. Uh, she had, she covered uh, one of the uh, uh, USPL games uh, out here in uh, Snellville, and uh, you know got a chance to chop it up with her. And, uh, and get her inside on life, and you know, we got this full mob takeover up up in here. So you know, we we, we want to you know talk you know talk to the mob and see and, and see what's really good. But um, but yeah, man, like should, should we go ahead and get the monster out of the way? Yeah, might as well just continue with the sadness. Let's just let's keep the let's keep the somber mood. So <laughs> what y'all what y'all think about the the, the what they call a soccer match? I wouldn't call it that. What y'all think about it? That was a wrestling match. That that was that was mud wrestling. Hey, it's horrible on so many levels that get to being bad before you even get to the match. Yep. Hey, as a league, your job is to a provide an entertaining game for fans and b to protect your players. And you just decided on Saturday night to go, nah, <laughs> we good. Uh, play it out. Just play it out. What they got, they got? They got some schedule here tomorrow. Is a state fair like? There was no reason to play that game. There should have been every reason to go. This mm-hmm. is a bad idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't it come out today somebody ended up with a broken jaw mm-hmm. in the yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're losing a player for Harrison Awful, right? Yeah, Awful's out for like seven six, weeks. Six to seven weeks all over a game that should not have been played. Yeah. Now, is that just something that could have happened at any point? Yes, but you want to remove any sort of negative 
possibilities, especially in a game like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if something had happened to one of our players, oh, like which the, it did. City, the city of Atlanta would have been ready to go up there and burn Columbus down. Yeah, because yeah, we lost, we lost uh, Franco Escobar again. Yeah. You know? it's, 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 yeah. He got hurt in the match. You know, like the amount of effort the players were just putting just to try to move the ball. It was comical, like just watching how hard they would kick the ball. It, it would just stop. It look, would just stop, and I was like, "Look, if I see the ball get kicked and it stops, yeah. literally in a puddle of water, <laughs> you should be pausing. Yeah, you should be stopping the game. At one point, you could see puddles where they had squeegeed it over to the side, and when guys hit the ground, water goes flying everywhere. Oh God! You look, you look at some of the the, the pictures of that game. It's I had like, to get a screenshot. It's, it's like, it's like nothing but like you got rain coming down. You got water coming up uh, from from the ground. It's like everyone's just soaked beyond words. Like like even like after the game was over, they ran straight to the locker room. It was no it was, it was no handshakes. It was like no, let's get a sack. It's like mind you, woo, look at that slip and slide. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's one of those things where you know. Because like here, here's where I actually have a it really was huge cold. You, if we forget, like we saw the water. It was 40 degrees in that much rain. So no, I was in DC a, when it was 33 degrees. I was at that away game. Yeah. And anyway, because <laughs> it, it reminded me of MLS Cup and like how you know it was just oh cold, yeah cold and raining right. beyond words. I was like, just imagine if that game was outside, miserable. it, it would have been like miserable like that. Mm-hmm. And and basically what. Uh, See, but what really annoyed me there is that because not only did you have, of course, they they had, they had to stop play for a while in Columbus, mind you. They also had a game in, in Cincinnati that got stopped for a while. Of course, they ended up both games ended up finishing up, mind you. Just south um, south of uh, Ohio, you have Louisville City in uh, in USL. Of course, they're they're all experiencing the exact same weather, and they said, you know what, this is too much. Let's play this game um, on Sunday mm-hmm. and it's like you know it, it makes no sense to me how you know you have a lower division that realizes like hey this is too much and then it's like nah we got it like, we got it. like no no like you know keep keep these players safe keep these players in you know relatively in one piece so that way they, they can keep going because you know you know you, you lose uh, uh, is it awful yeah, yeah. here's uh, awful yeah, you lose Escobar for another probably another month again. It's like would, would those two in, injuries would have happened if uh, if the conditions were a lot drier, like it should have been. If, if it had just been this a, a slight drizzle, you might have been in a much better situation. So yeah, and with uh, Frank like testing out like new people and things like that, like I've been wanting to see Joseph with um, uh, what's his name. Kinwin, not Kinwin, god dang, throwback. Romario. Yeah, Romario. I've been wanting to test his like Kenwin. yeah, I was like, I wanted to test like Joseph with Romario together to see kind of how that pairing would look. Well they did together. that last season at NYCFC. Did they? Uh, I missed that one. Because Romario came on and they scored a goal within three minutes just because mm-hmm. you had the gravity of Romario. It's like, all right, you can't Pulling kill him. You got somebody who's fast. You all can double team him, but now you've, you're going to let this man go free. Right. Mm-hmm. And with him kind of coming up the like right middle, and then you have Gressel coming up the right side. Now you've got three players, and you got another wing back coming up the left side. Mm-hmm. You really have four people coming forward, yeah. and it's just stretched that defense wide again. Mm-hmm. And he didn't score, but Joseph did. And it just helped pull pressure off of him. Yeah, yeah. I 
completely missed that match last year because like I've been wanting to see that pairing together cause for that reason yeah. exactly because I was like freeze up Joseph because Joseph usually has three guys on him so he can't really do anything mm-hmm. so hopefully Romario gets another look by Frank and, and the interesting thing there is that you know for the most part we actually kept possession for a lot of the game so it's it, it, like uh, we like, had chances. We actually we had chances. We had like three legitimate we, chances. We actually, point. you know, looked good. We just didn't finish. And like mm-hmm. the the goals that we gave up, I was like, for the first time, our like those lapses were like, what are you like? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, we've made defensive mistakes for the past three years. I mean, and we haven't addressed it. We haven't brought anybody else to help it. You know, we got we got we got a Pogba man. Like, yeah. like that, that, that should be. <laughs> you listen, we got no. We do have a Pogba, and I think that's great. I think um, the 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 thing that people are not saying is, you know, Guzan, love him. That's a real conversation because he, he's had a he's made a couple of mistakes mm-hmm. uh, so far this year. He had the one in DC mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then he uh, he had one. What was it? Uh, Cincinnati. Uh, no, here. Cincinnati no, game here. here. Well, the one here it actually bounced off of LGP's leg. You could right. barely see, but it yeah. it did switch direction direction at the last minute. There's uh, the defensive lapses in Monterey in that mm-hmm. first game. Yep. That first game. Ooh. Oh my. Because right, and that was one of those like, all right, if y'all keep it to one, and they had it at one, had it at one. Now all of a sudden, the last turned, fifteen minutes, minutes turned to hell. Like. like like we said, like we talked about back back then, it was like a case of like you know you, we ran out of gas multiple times, and and basically everything fell apart. Here, of course, with with the weather notwithstanding, you know you have the the first goal like within the second minute. It was like, how does uh, Gressel just leave uh, Franco just completely wide open? Uh, for that goal, like, like it was like every everyone just like we're all focused here on on the left, and that was basically just a tapping goal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, but Guzan did have that one PK stop, so it's like you know he, he was not totally him. dead. When he did that, I was like, what? Astrid, yeah. so what did I start talking about? How the ball moves real slow. We watched that. I was like. I could have stopped that. <laughs> like it was flo- it was sitting there floating when Iguain kicked it. So I was like, if Brad misses this, it's a wrap. Khan needs to be number one. Period. Period. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's tough. We got a we got a week break uh, uh, this week, and then New England's going to be a real. Uh, you know, it, it's you know, MLS is really interesting because of course you already have about eighty teams who make the playoffs. <laughs> And so, like, you could have a slow start mm-hmm. and still make the playoffs and be hot, right, basically just in time to where you can still win the MLS Cup. Uh, and so, it's like, how, like, at what point do you say we, you going to keep fishing or you going to start, start, start? You know, we might want to cut bait with the with the board because, you know, <laughs> and, and that's and that's. I'm sorry, I'm an outlier. I, in this conversation. I'm always going to be the guy on the outside. So, because like when people start talking about DeBoer and they start talking about, are we going to have to cut bait? Are we going to have to do this? I always just just go over there, over my little corner <laughs> and I just get real quiet. I mean, everybody wants to talk about cutting them, but who do you get to replace them at and, this point in the year? And that's and that's and, and that's the real real question there. And not, and not just that. I mean, let's 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 just break it down mm-hmm. this is a system that is complex it's a complex system mm-hmm. it normally starts at the academy level and then you work your way up to it not only that it's a system where DeBoer himself said it takes about six months for people to finally get it 
He hasn't had six months with these players right. yet. And you look at also, everybody forgets IX's four championships. Right. Beating Tata in the championship. Mm-hmm. Without Messi, but he still beat Tata mm-hmm. with that same system. And it's not a boring it's not a boring style of play. It does what it's supposed to do. And I'm sorry. I mean, Americans and MLS it's just very it's a very microwave kind of mentality. My hope and this is just me and so I'm gonna say mm-hmm. this and I'm gonna go back to my corner. <laughs> my hope is that the front office does not listen to the fans. The front office does not bow to the pressure mm-hmm. and stays with this guy. Because what I was doing recently, I'm looking up um, Netherlands newspapers and I'm hitting Google Translate for all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And this, the common theme with all these news articles and newspapers and magazines, they are all saying patience. Mm-hmm. You have to have patience. One guy said in his article, he said, you know, if you want to win right now, then you might, you might well just go ahead and cut mm-hmm. bait and do whatever. But if you want a system, if you want to set something up, not just for ML, not just for right now, but for the academy, then you want to stick with him. And I think the front office is still playing chess while people are playing checkers. I think they see things further along. I do think they made a mistake. And the mistake I think they made was they assumed that the uh, that the public, the standard fans, were going to have patience and endure and deal with this oh, season. In Atlanta? And I think Atlanta? they miscalculated. I think mm-hmm. they assumed that <clears throat> we, you know, that most of the fans are not the typical Atlanta fans. These fans, they're going to die hard. They're, they're right. going to support the club. They're going to be behind them. We just won a championship. They're going to do... But then people, as soon as these first you, you three games, they, people started showing. They get a title real quick. They get a title real quick. It's like, hold up. I, I'm not used to all this. I'm not used to this, this slow pace, uh, pace uh, style of play. Like, you know, I, I, I go back to, like, basically how Atlanta United was, was kind of sold to the Atlanta audience where... Because, like, of course, the two years that Tata Martino was here, even in the games that, that we lost, it was never boring. You never had a boring game. Ever. And I think that that always went a long way as far as, like, you know, just, you know, you had an attractive style that was like, hey, everyone wants, wants to see this and, you know, see, like, how, how it actually looks in person. And fast forward to now, and it's, it's a lot more pragmatic. Like so, you gotta go. You gotta basically you gotta trust the process, and you know a lot of people are like, nah, you know, like I'm going to sleep. Yeah, no, no. I'm reading like, a book. No, I, I'm like, really? really? Like, to me, it's kind of like Trey Young. All right, Trey Young comes into league. Like, it's the parallels are so so similar. No, that's it, true. That's is true. everybody's comparing him to Doncic? And everybody's comparing DeBoer to Tata, who mm-hmm. was here and gone, right. or every other hire. As like, oh, we're because until he got hired, it was oh, we're high in Scaletto. It was Scaletto, Scaletto, and then all of a sudden it was like DeBoer out of nowhere. So yeah. you're looking at those other results. The difference is at some point Trey Young had that thing kick in and go, all right, what can I do? What is working? And work mm-hmm. off of that. I think that finally happened for DeBoer after the Cincinnati game. Mm. I think he finally because he made some like. The DC game, he never should have started the first team that game. Oh, I understand yeah, oh, yeah. why you did it, but you should have done it. If yeah. you're trying to win CCL, you've got to rest them. You can't play mm-hmm. them three right. games, especially three games against two of them against the best team in Mexico mm-hmm. on that little bit of rest. You should have yeah. just ran the kids out there. And Took no one in Atlanta cared about a loss if it was a loss by the kids to Wayne Rooney 
and mm-hmm. you just chalk that up. But you hopefully win the battle against Monterey. Mm-hmm. Instead, you're on tired legs. So he's made some mistakes, but hopefully he's hit that point where he's like, you know what? I made my mistakes. I figured it out. He's getting pieces back. And if you were just waiting for Escobar to get back to run your four-man back line, okay, well, he's injured again. <laughs> again. But we've seen what happens when you don't run it out there. I don't know if we can trust Breck Shea over 90 minutes. He's a 20-minute sub, not a 90-minute player. Mm-hmm. So is Bello back? Is Pogba back? Is there somebody you can oh, put out there and run? All hurt. Yeah. Well, Pogba no, no, just came, uh, yeah. came back this week. Yeah. Well, according to MLS Soccer, he's still on injury list. So <laughs> he might have been in training. Yeah. He's still listening. But, but here it is. Your next game is in Boston. Guess what? Mm-hmm. 40 degrees, yep. raining. It's supposed to be half inch of rain. It's going to be terrible. Yep. And, and 32 mile an hour wind gusts yep. in an Ooh. empty stadium. But so that, that goes to me saying what we said on a previous episode. Like, MLS needs to, like, take in March and April, every game needs to be south of the Mason Dixon line. It needs to be that it, way. It, it needs to be that way until the weather figures itself out in the north because it's just ugly games. You get poor attendance. And it's like it's nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants to play in that. But to go on Frank, I just I I don't believe yet. You know, it took them six years to get Ajax the way they were. And I don't think in MLS, like you said, we are a microwave society. We're not gonna get six years like with for Frank to build, six months. Yeah, to build the system that he's in. And things like that. And, like, I have this thing about European coaches coming over here in MLS thinking they know the game. Like, we talked in the pre-show, like, how big this country is. Frank ain't really traveled yet. Like, I mean, he went to Mexico. He went to, you know, he went to uh, Costa Rica. But, like, that's a quick flight from Hartsville. He still ain't been out there to L.A. He still ain't been to Portland and stuff like that. So, it's like, it's, it's going to be culture shock for him. And I just don't. I'm a big believer that South American coaches can succeed in MLS over European coaches. Personally, well, I will tell you one who who's not uh, succeeding in the MLS so far. Uh, your, your boy Ahmed in, in San Jose uh, got smoked mm. uh, over the weekend at LAFC to five uh, 0 at home. Uh, even even their fans got smoked because uh, LAFC. Shout out to their supporters. They came. They came up the. Came up the uh, Pacific Coast Highway, or they already flew. They but, came. They came through thick. Let's be real. I mean, what's the last big sign in San Jose has had though? Wando. Right. <laughs> so that's the thing. San Jose, they don't have any pieces to compete against LAFC. And and so, and that they so, they've admitted that that's basically a a. A four-year project, like so. Yeah. So, like, you really got to sit in, sit, you know, kind of hold tight and be like, okay, it's gonna get, it's gonna be bad before it gets good. It can't be a four-year project. If it was a four-year project, they'd have an academy worth something. Yeah, exactly. And they don't have a cat. They're not investing in the cat. They just fired their GM. Yeah. So, all right, you fired a person making bad decisions, Mm -hmm. but who's gonna make the right decision? Exactly. You can fire people you want, but who are you hiring? Exactly. And we talk about Frank when we talk about those academies. Frank would be great technical director. Anyway, because then he has time to build that philosophy. So it's like if Carlos was like, you know what, I want to do TV. Let's slide Frank in there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I I say trust the process. I'm trusted. I'm not Frank out yet. But I'm, I'm going to be Frank out in July <laughs> if, we, if, we ain't, if I ain't seen no improvement. I, you know, I, I think that's basically like, I think all things considered, that's probably when they would. Because by that point, uh, you'll... The season will be already halfway over. You'll have players who are be, who will be gone for Gold Cup, Copa America, yeah. and if there 
so you'll basically you'll have a, a break time at that point as well. And if, if there's ever going to be a point where you decide to do it, it's probably going to be then. Because by, by that point, you'll have coaches who who will get fired or leave their jobs, and, and you'll have a greater pool of options to work with. So it's like, like okay, is the board what we want to work with, or is there someone better that can kind of get us like? But MLS, the MLS transfer window opens up in July seventh, so they'll give Frank at least an option to get the players he wants then. Yeah. So, like, right now, the window's open now, but he can't get any international players. But our roster, the way it's constructed right now, people got to go if mm-hmm. you do that. Yeah. So, who's going? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Yeah. Tito, if he don't start getting some minutes and getting some results, yeah. I got think he's going to want out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want him gone. I mean, you want a player that good off the bench. All right, there's one. Uh, you got a bunch of kids sitting on there at the twos. Yeah, Barco looks good as a super yeah. sub, though. I'm going to oh, throw yeah. that out there. Hey. Oh, he looks great. I mean, <laughs> like he's I'd young, spark. Yeah. I'd rather have him and Vijalba coming off the bench mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. 30, 40 minutes at a time, mm-hmm. coming in at halftime, like rotate. We, we've never properly rotated our squad in three mm-hmm. years. Nope. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. all right, yeah. here comes your chance to do it. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, Sadu can't play yet. I mean, when is Gressel getting his green card? I mean, manager married for what three months now? Been here since college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, let's <laughs> open up some spots for some people. Yep. So, I mean, we need to see what all these pieces can do, and if the system's going to work, everyone has to play in the system and not just be called upon for these spot mop up duties. Yep. Because then that is too much pressure for them. Yep. Well, well, one thing I will say about uh, AU two is that you can you definitely can see the process be, being built there. from from there because they are they're basically playing the same formation that, that the first team is playing they're, they try doing the three four three um, I think I think it was against uh, Louisville City and so you're, you're definitely putting your players in a position where if you get called up the transition won't be that hard because you're basically playing the same system and I think that that's something that you know goes goes a long way as far as like when you want to try to promote your players from within and, you know, get them an opportunity, you know, you want to put them in a situation where they're going to be comfortable, they're going to know what, they're going to know what, what to do, know what to be, it's just, you're just playing with a different set of players, that's really it, mm-hmm. and, you know, actually, I, I'm, I, I don't think that we're near the, the point yet where we really have to cut bait on, on, on the board, um, I'm hoping that, you know, he, he turns things around. Uh, I think that you know it, it's, it's, it's going to take time. It t- it's going to take a little bit more depth, especially if you know, given all the injuries that, that we've had, and it, it go from there. You know, you know, we should really do a promotion relegation episode. And, and you know why? Because your boy Friedel uh, said so. Yeah. Because uh, the head coach of the New England Revolution, Brad Friedel, go go go, legend. I mean, quote. Yeah, if you want to listen to great value Thanos, that's on you. Right. Snap. Snap. Oh, God. I just yeah, had a video. So, here, here, you know, here's a, a short. The mentality of players in this league, a lot of players, when they lose, they don't, they're don't. they not hurt enough. They don't care. They're not being harassed in the streets. They're not They're not looking at their names in newspapers. So, Brad Fiedel says, you know, he, he has a point in, in still the same thing. It's like, yeah, we don't have the amount of press that they, they had in England when he played there. Mm-hmm. But still, these players still care. 
So, I mean, to say that, like, you know, it's yeah. just you're upset because your team's not performing. Imagine well, they, they won on Saturday. So, like, I mean, they, they responded. Yeah, I mean, he had to push a button to get a win. Yeah, they had mm-hmm. to get But here's the problem is that he had to push that button at all. Mm-hmm. If he had come in the door, there's a great article about Peter Vermes when he went to SKC. Mm-hmm. First day, he himself scrubbed the floor in the locker room. Mm-hmm. When he saw people, like, kind of loafing it during practices, he didn't care how long they'd been. He sat them for the game. Mm-hmm. He's like, I would rather lose and have you win the right way than you thinking that you can trick me into letting you have it your way. Like, you don't run the team. I do. Mm-hmm. And that's what Friedel didn't do. Like, he may have, A, overestimated his ability to manage or the talent of his team or some combination of the two. But when you have to resort to those tactics in MLS, it was like, great, your comments got sent around the soccer you know, cognizant eye, but it's still not the Boston Free Press, is it? Mm-hmm. Like, if it is, it's on page eight, bottom right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. So you're calling somebody out, only worked on Twitter. Right, exactly. And there's always been trip tripped me out about the revolution because, uh, of course, for those who don't know, they're owned by the Kraft family. Uh, as you, as for the most part, I think it's Jonathan Kraft. Uh, it's uh, Bob Kraft's son who actually does like most of the operation for the for the for the Revs. And for them to say, like I said, same, same ownership as the Patriots, no Tom Brady and all that stuff. Welcome to Twitter, uh, Tom Brady. But it's it's one of those things where it's like you, you put so much resources into making the Patriots what they are, and you don't do jack with the with the revolution. You know, you you because it's one thing because. The Patriots are popular enough to where they can they can afford to, to be outside of Boston, out in Foxborough, and and get sixty five thousand. The, the Revolution ain't, ain't they're not that like they're they're lucky if they get fifteen eighteen thousand. Yeah. And you know, there's, you know, there's been rumors. but that's MLS wide though. I mean, yeah. we I, are the exception. Yeah, I mean, there's been rumors that you know, like. Boston, they're they're gonna move the revs into the city. They're oh, they've been trying that for a while, for a good while. Like, a good yeah, while. Yeah, they're just, they're just like DC. Summer, renew your season tickets. Exactly, like, we're coming in town. Renew, reduce that commute, baby. But no, I mean DC United, they were in the heart of the city. They moved out of the city. You know, and they're, still just, the, they're still in the city like that. They're still right there by by yeah, that part. They're right there. So, They're right there, but it's just—it's really just about the ownership. And I think um, yeah. one of the things that that um, Arthur Blank did during MLS uh, when they had MLS weekend here in Atlanta, and he had um, he had dinner with the other owners, and um, and Garber asked him to come and share his best best practices with them. And it's really they know what it takes to create an Atlanta United or an LAFC. They just don't want to spend the money. They don't want to take the risk. Yeah, I don't even think it's about that. Success is a weird thing, and, and it has a recency bias. Mm. I mean, the NBA didn't become the NBA that we know until 1982. That's when, yeah. I mean, it was still, the finals were tape delay on CBS. Ooh. CBS ain't showed an NBA game in who knows how long. Mm. It was when you finally got Bird and Magic. Then yeah. followed mm-hmm. by Jordan. You had all these personalities. Mm-hmm. Same thing with most leagues. It takes a while for it to gain foothold. The NFL, until Pete Rozelle came along, what, 76? Mm-hmm. You still had them. I mean, it was still a pretty small time. Now, they're splitting $255 million each a year off of $8 billion that they make. So we got so, about 20 more. About, the two examples you have, we got about yeah. 20 more years. You're saying we about 20 years from now. I think you have less. I think My back hurt already. I think you got five to ten years or four. If you look at the rights deals, yeah. like, there's so much money going on, and it's due for a bubble pop because, I mean, ESPN keeps laying off people. Yeah. So mm. would you rather pay a lot of money for the NFL and get one game a week, or would you rather pay a third that, which is still a lot of money, more than the MLS is getting, but less than you're paying the NFL, mm-hmm. 
and get a full slate of games. And I think that's what should be pitched in 2022 when the contract runs. It's like, look, you can pay the NFL $8 billion, but you can pay us 3 It's a savings. You get a full slate of games. You get these, and you show them the Atlanta crowds, the Portland crowds, the LAFC crowds. Mm-hmm. And then you start splitting that money, then you got some walking around money for the owners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Crafts ain't going to spend any money till they get back every single dime that they invested since 96. Right. Once they finally get the he's not going to spend any money until hey. he finishes that stadium. Yeah. So, <laughs> and even then, he still might not. Yeah. Because so. he's still got a clause where he actually has to cover any overhead costs exactly. from building that stadium. Yep. Exactly. So Arsenal, they're not going to see any money anytime soon. Yeah. Jeez. So I mean, it's the it's unfortunate that the economics are coming into play for it, but it's the truth of the matter. It's like, all right, how do you handle these shortcomings in income? It's like we know we need to buy a new car, but. Reggie ain't paid me back for that Snickers I bought him last week. <laughs> it's like Snickers, yeah. right? But, right. That, but that's what it's like. It's like not a TV. Snickers. Snickers. It's like I need this dollar today so I can spend five thousand tomorrow. Yeah. And it's not even a good car. It's like I'm trying to get an '82 to sell. And like, look, at, look at Miami. What's their stadium solution? They thought they had one for the fifth time, but maybe not. Mm. And that's, I mean, you keep Robin Peter to pay Paul as a league, mm. and that has all these effects down the line. And until you get that settled with a steady, dependable, non-ticket-based revenue system, you're going to be in this behind the eight ball. And that's always the thing that, that gets me. It's like people always want to make it about, you know, the crowds that come to games. I'm like, the money's in TV. And that's where the money is in the UK. Because you look at like the NFL, like their money is made off of off of not who comes through the stands, but who watches on TV. Mm-hmm. And we still haven't caught up to the logic there that until you have until you have a, a product that people want to go, like even if you can't make it to a game, you want to watch it on TV, and it's a can't miss event. Like that's that's what the NFL always gets right is that. You know, you have that that week long build up. Whether whether you're in Buffalo, whether you're in Dallas, whether you're in L.A., there's always that, that hype going through the entire week. Whereas all these things, like people still treat MLS as though it's a like if you miss a game, it's like nah, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you the week after that and, and and all that. You know, like just like how we were talking about last week with uh, with NWSL, like you know, if you're not thinking to catch that game on Lifetime, it's like. Yeah, you're you're probably you're you're probably not going to miss it. Yeah, you're probably not, not going to watch it. And you know you have to build your product in a way to where no matter what you're going to find a way to watch that game, whether it be in person on TV, you you're going to watch it. But but that goes back to once again because it, MLS is the level league it is. Mm-hmm. What night are you watching games? It's going to be either Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Times float everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different networks. I mean, networks in the NFL, but the NFL times are always the Thursday night game at 8 o'clock. You've got a Sunday game at 1, 1 at 4, 1 at 8, and a Monday night game at 8 o'clock. You know that which channel it's coming on based on which day it is. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's AFC, it's here. If it's NFC, it's there. You've got all those things settled. MLS is still like a drawing, like, all right, Atlanta's at home. 
everybody wants that game because it's a full crowd. Right. LAFC's at home. We'll take that when it has a full crowd. That's our East and West Coast times. Mm-hmm. Then everyone else has got to filter throughout it, and then they yeah. do whatever for rivalry week. Yeah, and they, they do the stupid streaming app. And it's just like, all right, I'm already paying for cable, so then I got to shell out more money to watch MLS. Like, that's that's my issue with MLS. DC made a big mistake with that streaming app. That, 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 that one, that, okay, good, just Nettie uh, joined uh, Flow Sports, too, and I'm like, why would you take your local product away from your local audience? Because not everyone does streaming. No. And, you know, you're. And that's how you get the casuals. You got to get your local Fox, your local NBC to show the game. You can Because you can stumble into watching. Because you can stumble into watching. You know, like you're, you're, chain, you're watching TV, you're just flipping through the channels and like, oh, okay, DC's playing. Let me check this yeah. game out. Since he's playing, let me check them out. Now you're like, okay, I have to sign up for this Flow Sports uh, service. Remember when the game's on. Log in. And be like, okay, I want to like you. People who do that are making it a point that they want to watch that team. And it's like, you know, right. you're, you're taking away all, all the casuals, like you were saying. Yeah, like, I just wish that NBA execs would get jobs in MLS League office and say, like, this is how we grew NBA to what it is today. Like, NBA is has figured out TV and has figured out social media. Mm-hmm. Like, they have figured out how to do it. Like, NFL really hasn't figured out how to, like, show that on your phone. Like, NFL is still depending on yep. your granddad sitting in the Lazy Boy with a six-pack watching the game. And that's well, that's how the NFL has done it. And the NBA is like, all right, these are how people are watching TV. And things like that. And that's what MLS needs to do. They need to take a book. Stop looking at what the NFL does. That's a dead model, in my opinion. Let's take what the NBA is doing and let's mirror that. But you have a problem in that a bunch of the MLS, going back to 96, was based off of NFL owners. The right. Hunts, the Crafts, and whatever. Because they had the stadium size of fit. Correct. Mark Cuban looked at buying a team. It's like, yeah, the money's not there yet. Mm-hmm. But it, it goes back, if you look at both, both leagues, the social media for the NFL is from the NFL. The team, let's say Julio Jones scores a touchdown. The Falcons cannot tweet out video of that touchdown. They have to wait for NFL to do it, then they can retweet it. Right. And yeah. that you have that same mentality with it. With MLS where you're dependent upon a, the league to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're fine here. Like Atlanta's going to be fine because A, Arthur Blank has the product and the heft to go, I'm going to do this, who's going to stop me? Right. But if you are Columbus, if you are Kansas City, if you're Dallas, if you're Houston, are you A, a definable focus in your owner's eyes, and B, do you have the resources? Right. And that's where MLS is lacking. It's like you said, you need to, I don't think you should go to the NBA, I think you should go rate the championship level in England and go, look, y'all want to come here? Because they already know the sport, no learning curve. It's still they're still working from more money, but it's like, hey, you want your American adventure for three years? Come do it. Yeah, but I, I'm 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 anti bringing over the English guy to show Americans how to do this sport. Like I get what you're saying, but like you, it's corny how the commercial says this is our soccer. Like I, it's we do things different over here on this side of the pond, and I don't want to mirror what they're doing down there. It's not about mirroring. Mirror. No, it's see, it's, it's not about mirroring mirror. what they do across the pond. But it is giving the sport the respect it's due. That means you bring over people who, and, and, and here, here, here's what I'm talking about. So one of the things that, that gets me is I will watch BT or Sky Sports coverage of some of the same games. Have you been on Fan Zone lately? Hmm? Have you been on Fan Zone lately? 
<laughs> it's another story. But I'll, I will look at that instead of NBC Sports because the level of detail that they give, just the visual, just just just, just not even the ad, not even the you know the analysis, the the no, not even X's and O's. I'm talking about when they showed something about Army Rome. There was this big glass 3D thing of Army Rome in an Atlanta United kit with his championship metal around him and then they and they swing it around here and they show you know they show Rafa and then they show Newcastle behind them the money and the and the and the respect that they give the sport is different Oh yeah, lots so I'm talking about presentation. I'm talking about just just basic. If I want to catch your eye, if 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 I'm a casual, if I'm, if I'm a 13 year old kid, I don't know nothing about soccer. What's going to draw my eye? BT or Sky Sports or NBCSN? I'm going there. So it's not te- technically about to me. It's not about you showing me how to do it because you know I'm, that whole Eurocentric thing don't don't never fly with me anyway. That's another conversation. Yeah. But. The respect that they give the sport and the optics and the money. Me and my brother talk all the time about if you look at how how, how the NFL covers, it could be the same kind of game as an MLS game. But the NFL, they got the money, obviously, mm-hmm. but they also have the respect for the sport. So they will they'll talk the same game to death, four, five, six different ways. The optics, all this stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of bells and whistles that I think MLS needs. It's true, but we don't. That goes back to the fact we don't have a dedicated place for them to talk about it. Like ESPN FC was like really the only option we had that would talk about MLS here. And what they do, they relegated it to ESPN Plus. So like, where do you where do you go to listen to like, YouTube? I was like, I'm I'm not gonna sit there on my couch and pull up YouTube on my TV. Like I'm not. So I was like, that's where the TV deals. When we keep talking about, we need to give MLS a contract that it deserves. It gives them a team that's going to talk about it. NBCSN was supposed to be them, and they pulled out. Yeah. Yeah, and, because know, I'm sitting up here with NBC Gold because I'm a Bournemouth fan. The only way I can watch Bournemouth mm-hmm. <laughs> is if I pull up, if I pay that $50 and watch NBC Gold. Yeah. That's the only way I can and, watch and it. It's, it's, the thing is, the Premier League has this facade so big enough that it's like, oh my God, it's the best league in the world. Best presentation. It's, it's, it's best beautiful presentation. soccer. It's presentation. Right. It's the presentation. They, you know, they pump it. They pump it like that. If you pump the money like that into MLS, it would people would be like, oh shit, maybe it is a top five league. You know, and, you know? But it's not just that. The hardest thing in life, just in general, is success. It's the hardest thing. Because once you succeed and you've got all these things, you're like, okay, what do I do with it? So you say MLS grew too fast too quick? No, I don't think it grew too fast too quick. I think it's starting to get wins and it doesn't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you need somebody who understands, like, you don't, I don't want necessarily a team full of European, like, technical directors and, but you need somebody who goes, hey, here's the next step. Mm -hmm. Somebody go, hey, just like even if it's just sharing best business practice, somebody goes, Here's what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. Like Darren Eels is probably the biggest hire that we made Mm -hmm. because he knows what to do next. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's such a hard thing for a lot of people. But he's just Atlanta though. We need people basically because we're a single entity, we need people to say, Hey, this is what we do. Going all streaming is not a good idea. Let's hold out, let's keep this contract with Fox and ESPN. Let's get these couple games here and there, and then let's leverage that contract for next year. You know that, that I, next I, TV deal. I think for, for the most part, the ESPN Plus idea made sense because because if, not, if nothing else, like with what you get with ESPN Plus, you get championship, you get uh, you get a whole bunch of different um, you get products. Serie a, you get 
Yeah. That's all well and good, but my problem with that is this. Mm-hmm. If I can watch bass fishing at 7 in the morning on ESPN, mm-hmm. why can't I watch ESPN FC? Yeah. That's my thing. Because people, people love their fishing. But see, that's what I mean by the respect for the sport. It, it will put bass fishing right. before. Because yeah. to me, it doesn't make sense that extra time is not on ESPN. Oh, it because how many show, NBA shows and NFL shows are out there that are just random ass shows that just talk about the same shit they talked about last night? And that goes but, back to like said, like they, they hype, they they give you that hype for the entire week to make sure that you know, hey, once you get to Sunday, y'all have watched the bounce. Mm-hmm. You see how the bounce presents those games. Yeah. You see how how the bounce is bright. They got the experts in. They're talking about the same stuff. ESPN FC had that potential. It was going that route. I had my DVR set to record mm-hmm. before I came home from work. I came home. I knew it was on the DVR because it came on at 5, 5.30, every day like clockwork. When they took that away and they can put, like I said, bass fishing, you know, how boy you sitting on a boat talking about how to catch a, a grouper? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm having a hard time with don't, that. Don't act like you weren't, you know, when you were in, in school watching Roland Martin on TBS. <laughs> hey, but think about, it's, think about it's, this it's way: hard, it's hard. With, and this goes back to the rights fees. With the amount that ES, let's say ESPN pays for NBA, mm-hmm. part of that is they have to re- the way they recoup that money through commercials. They there are only so many commercials during the game, right. so shows like The Bounce. All their NBA programming is another chance to make money off of that same thing. Right. Even, let's let's say you do get a show on ESPN, ESPN FC. It's at a consistent time slot. Let's say it's at uh, seven seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Who are your commentators? Because right now American commentators are not that great. Jason Davis. You know what? That's that's actually hey, a, pull Jason Davis off radio and put him on TV. You know what? Did it? You, you, who's you know, the brother from Champions League? Who who comes on with Boca? Used to play. Uh, I forgot his name. Brother's good. Yeah, he's young. He knows what he's talking mm-hmm. about. But that's makes what, a good point. Keep Koskin. Uh, former MLS players are out here right now doing nothing that can give commentary to the game. But that's but like the, the ones who are get wait like. I don't need to hear from Alexi Lalas for like six oh months. My no, goodness. we don't. But that's what I'm saying. But they like, always go like, let's get Alexi. Correct. The funny thing there is that I actually like Alexi a lot more when he calls games compared to when he's in the studio. I can't stand when he's in the studio. Like he's like, like he's always like bloviating on everything. I'm like, when he's in, when he's calling a game, he's much more measured. He's much more, you know, calm. Like you know, like, there's no room for an opinion in that. Yeah. Who's got the ball? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The minute I mean, if you gave me. Seven good American, or at least based on American commentators, to sit around and talk on one network. Because the other problem is it's so thin mm-hmm. that everybody, like you got Men and Blazers at NBC, you've got so and so over at Fox, you got these people at ESPN. Mm-hmm. So you've got you've got a studio team, but guess what? They're all over the place. They're all over the place, mm-hmm. and nobody can get along well and go look. If we want to grow this for the next three years, when we do a studio show, it's just everybody together, and it shows mm-hmm. simulcast across all our networks, mm-hmm. and we just handle it that way. That could, that could work. I mean, that could work, but no one is going to let their ego guy the way to do it. Yeah, there but is. that's why you put the young guys, just like how we always talk about, like play the kids, play the kids. Let's get that guy like Mike McGee. Like uh, he's what retired. Do like yeah. Maurice do? Yeah, Maurice do. I think he does pretty well. He's getting the chops. He's getting the, the experience. Like, let's get. I would even take Landon Donovan 
Like, com- like, like, he, he being the brother from being sports before they took it off of. I'm, I'm on AT and T, but yeah. that brother for being sports was a beast. And I'm gonna tell you, I forgot his name. And I, I really wish I could remember his name, but brother knows the sport in and out, pronounces names correctly. That's that went way up here to me. He's pronouncing names correctly. He's breaking down tactics, and I'm like. Who is this dude? Mm-hmm. Where'd he come from? That's what we need to get that respect that we're talking about the league. It's like, okay, where do I watch the game? Who's talking about the game? And then that's when you start seeing it on TV. That's when you start getting more and more journalists writing about it. That's where you get that pressure that Brad Fiedel was talking about. Well, you, you don't want Grant Wall writing every last thing about soccer. <laughs> You're right. Hey, does anybody besides me have a subscription to The Athletic? Yeah, no. I do. Hey, yeah. it is one of the best things that's happened to sports. Like, I haven't been to the ringer in months until they wrote an article about Trey Young because yeah. I was getting everything I needed covered well by somebody who lived here mm-hmm. and had access to the team. You live pretty good. You got athletic yeah. subscription. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not the palatial estates of, I mean, the Ringo family, but <laughs> I mean, it's how I treat myself. Hey, you got to bite the bullet sometime before they amputate. You right. Know, you just got to bite down. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. I mean, Having good coverage goes so far to legitimizing your league. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason Atlanta United works is, aside from the blogs and the podcast, you have a dedicated writer from the AJC who travels with the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have the fact that other media people have caught on. Ricky Bevington from GPB, she is constantly like tweeting stuff about the team. She goes to games. Mm-hmm. Like They're not just like, oh, let me get a quick pop. No, they're actual fans. They actually like it. Yeah. So when you put forward this professional thing, people go, oh, okay. And I can't tell you, I'd say maybe at minimum 20% of our fans are there because the local media took it seriously. Mm-hmm. The local media was like, "We're Channel 2 is going to cover the game. You have Jason and uh, Mike Conti going to every, they're not sitting in a studio calling the game off TV. Mm-hmm. Nope. And that's mm-hmm. what like what Reggie's saying. If you take it seriously, if you present it seriously, then the fans will take it seriously. Otherwise, it'll be just like any other iteration of the MLS. So fans, uh, let us know what you think what, what can help uh, MLS and American soccer in general uh, uh, do better on, on TV and, and the media in, in general. Uh, let us know on social media, FTCUTD. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. I, I just wanted to uh, – I, I did an interview with, uh, with Jamisa Johnson of uh, Church of the Wild. Uh, she came down here – Back uh, a few weeks back, uh, covering a uh, game for the USPL, this uh, fifth division soccer uh, for uh, non-league America. Basically, it's a project that covers all covers lower division soccer because, of course, you don't really see them on TV, like especially once you get to like you know, you know fourth and fifth division and, and, and so on. Uh, so we'll be right back. We're going to talk to Jamisa. We're going to talk about footy mob on, on the flip side of the, of the interview, and uh, we'll, we'll be right back.
y'all we didn't want to leave y'all hanging and give y'all too much at one time so what we're going to do is uh, drop this first part on today on Wednesday and then part two with Jamisa Johnson and more with Curtis and Reggie it's going to drop on Friday so stay tuned for that in the meantime hope you enjoyed this episode we're going to catch up with y'all in a couple days uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on social media at FTC UTD on Twitter and Instagram like us on Facebook at FTC uh, we have uh, new merch coming up at FTC UTD myshopify.com uh, the jerseys that everyone's been asking about those are about to drop uh, any day now hoping that by the time that we drop the second part of the episode they should be up and running so definitely uh, check those out it's something that we've been working on for a long, for quite a while and we're really proud of of what we've been able to develop there and hope that you know y'all y'all check it out and and show your love but in the meantime uh it's grego culture's real we'll see y'all in a couple days Bye.